do it. Bokartov, we are continuing Parashat Vayetzeh. And Yaakov just arrived to Haran. He just arrived. And all of a sudden, he's speaking to these shepherds. Again, we don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what the, why it's, there's such a wordy description of what they were talking about. But he's speaking to these shepherds. And then they say, by the way, you should go speak to Rachel, the daughter of uh, Lavan. She's coming. And all of a sudden, she shows up. Rachel ba'i matzona shedafia kiro'ahi. For she was a shepherdess. Now Rachel. Now Rachel is also. Mean. Yeah, Rachel means uh, sheep. Okay. okay. Uh, where, where do we where do we see that? That's a good question. Uh, you, I would expect <laughs> you to know that. That's a tough one. Uh, whenever Yaakov, whenever Yaakov, at the end of the story, I'll show it to you. When he when he gets angry at Lavan for accusing him oh. of stealing the Tirafim. He says, He says, Your sheep and your goats didn't lose any children because I was taking such good care of them. And he says, Okay, so that's the, the word, Rachel means it's another word for sheep. Okay. So, Pasuk Yud, So when Yaakov saw Rachel, And he saw the sheep. I don't know why you had to see the sheep for anything to... To wake up. To, to wake up, but... Oh, I know why. He's trying to say why he decided to move the stone. Okay, so he approaches... By himself. And by he himself. removes the stone. And he gives water to the sheep of Lavan, the brother of his mother, his uncle. And then he kisses Rachel... And he cries. Now, the, most of the perushim, they say this isn't a uh, kiss of uh, any, of, 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 any of, of, uh, sexual, intimate, yeah. of intimate uh, thing. It's just a kiss of, of family. Probably on her, maybe on her forehead. Just, uh, right, something like that. Because he has been alone for so long, to see someone that he recognizes that could potentially be a, a resource strong. or a, a supportive, uh, uh, someone to support him is a very big deal for him. So he kisses her out of... Out of like again, like something like on her forehead or something, and then he cries. Now the crying—it's very interesting because I want to point to a few midrashim that that focus on this crying, okay? And uh, one of them. Vayifk. Look at pasuk Yud Aleph in Rashi. Vayifk. Lefishet zafah beruach hakodesh sheenah nichneset imolik vura, because he saw beruach hakodesh that Rachel is going to die. Before he's able to bury her in Me'arat HaMachpelah with himself. Yes. So he's not, she's not going to be with him. It's an interesting Midrash. It's from Bereshit Rabbah. I, no, it's from, yeah, it's from Bereshit Rabbah. I don't know, meaning, what's the proof to saying that, right? So you'd say that Midrash for one of two reasons. Either you have proof from the text that... There, actually, there are three possible reasons why you would say such a thing in the Midrash. One is the added tradition that this is why Yaakov cried, which I don't know if there was such a tra- tradition. Two is that there's a hint in the text, which we see very often, that the Midrashim are based off hints in the text. And then, and then three would be because there's some message you want to try to convey. I don't know what the reason for this Midrash is. Is it that there's a deeper message that the rabbi is trying to convey? Is it 
that there is a hint here in the but text he, that he's crying for over. Sure, in Eretz Israel, they're not allowed to marry. Oh, but how would he know he was going to marry the two sisters? That's another thing. Because he. It, Difficult midrash. Because in Israel, he's crying. It says he's crying. Why? Because he knows that he's not going to be buried with Rachel. Okay, first of all, there's no proof in the text that he thought such a thing. Correct. I doubt there was a tradition from Yaakov until the Chachamim that he thought such a thing. I, I don't know where in the text, what hint there must have been in the text for the rabbi to say such a thing. So I'm trying to see what the message is. And I don't know. Okay, but that's, that's kind of the style these days that we're in our classes. I just bring up Midrashim. <laughs> and, and not sleep the night right, and try the, to find the answer. The ones that I could figure okay. out, I'll explain. And the ones that I can't figure out, I just want you to, to at least see the methodology. Dabar yeah. Acher, okay? here's another Midrash. Yes. Rashi says, this one I like. This yeah, one we know came, why he's saying. This. He came at the end. He because because her. you're as a reader of the text are supposed to realize that last time someone showed up to Lavan's Eliezer house, came with, uh, he came with a, a ton of money of, and a fortune <laughs> and a lot. So so if you forget to compare the two stories, you're missing something in the text. Okay, so the midrash here that's telling us that he's crying because he had no money. This one I understand because it's trying to. Point your direction to the story of uh, the uh, servant of Abraham when he came the first time with a ton of money, so you could compare the two stories. Okay? So Eliezer Ebed, uh, he's crying because he came empty handed. My father, my grandfather's servant came with uh, money and, uh, and sweets oh, and, and riches. riches, and I don't have anything. He, and, then, and then the story gives the backstory, and then Rashi gives the backstory as to why Yaakov had nothing. Because the son of. Right, the way, and this is the part where I don't understand again, because I don't know what the proof is. Because Eliphaz, son of Esav, was sent by Esav yes. to go kill Yaakov. Yes. So, and then Mashach Yado, and he pulled back. He said, I don't want to kill my, my uncle. So Amar Lo, Ma'ay said that Sibu Shal Abba. And then Eliphaz asked him, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't want to, I want to fulfill my father's will. What do I do? Amar Lo Yaakov told Ma'ashe Biyadi Ani Hashuv Kamit. Take everything that I have, and if I'm poor, I'm considered like I'm dead. It's a rule in the Midrash, that Ani is considered like that. Two interesting Midrashim. Yaakov cries because... He knows that he won't be buried with Rachel, or Yaakov die, or cries because he just knows that compared to his grandfather's servants, he's coming empty-handed, and it troubles him. The Peshat is none of these two. The Peshat is that he just came from well, a, a, was alone a dangerous journey. Desert, yeah, he was, all of that. Exactly. He was alone in the Long desert. Journey. He's he terrified. His mother, his father, his, exactly. his brother wants to kill him. All these things. Exactly. So, so... He's overwhelmed. I want to say he's depressed, very overwhelmed. All of a sudden, he finally sees his, his family and he's like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe it. It's not a crying of pure sadness. See, that's actually another difference. He's safe now. The Peshat would be something more like it's a crying of just over being overwhelmed for so long. The, the fear finally got to him. But it's, it's, a, it's kind of like a crying of, of now we finally feel secure, so he's breaking down. Right before he was too anxious to cry, now he's finally feels secure, so he breaks down. That's the Peshat. The Midrash is saying it's actually tears of pure sadness. He's sad that Rachel's gonna die early. He's sad that he doesn't have any money. You know, so it's the difference. More as a depressed. Right. More as a depressed. Okay. Good. Uh, 
He tells Rachel that he's family and she goes and she tells her, fa- her father. And when Lavan hears about Lavan, he goes and he kisses him and Rashi points out what we should have realized already. Yeah. He, he, he thought that he probably has a lot of money with him. Yeah, like, like like if, if, if the servant... <laughs> If the servant of his grandfather came with all his money, then <laughs> what is this going to come? Exactly, right? <laughs> now, this one should have a lot more. <laughs> and then he hugs him. Why does he hug him? Because he wants to see maybe he brought gold when he just hung them on his chest. So he's he hugging him to try to feel. Right. <laughs> cute, they, these are cute Midrashim. I like these Midrashim. Okay. And then the Midrash fills in the details here. So Lavan says, oh, you don't have money. You don't have money. Should I even let you in? He says, you're my family. So I will let you stay for one month. Okay. You could stay for one month. Then, Then, Tell me, are you my, my, uh, just because you're my brother or my family, you think you're going to work for free? Tell me what your salary is, how much you want to get paid. Now, this is Pasuk I always had a difficulty with. Because we know Lavan to be... Like, Why is he offering uh, him money? Right. We know him to be a conniving yes. guy who's yes. not trustworthy, always yes. looking to, to scheme the other Find person. The, short, the shortcut. And then he goes to Yaakov and he says, look, I see you're doing good work around the house. Let me pay you for this. It sounds like an Najib thing to say. You know, you see someone who's coming and he's helping out very, at a volunteer. Very fair. You say, let me pay you something. Let me pay you something. He says, no, fair. no, no. So I... I read a different interpretation in Ramban that I think makes a lot of sense. He says something like this, not exactly, but he says something like this. He says, when Yaakov was there for the first month, he wasn't really working. He was just like, you know, doing his thing and wasn't helping necessarily. And then Lavan was only allowing him to stay for one month because he was family. But then when Lavan sees that this kid isn't going back, like Eliezer, if you remember, the servant of Abraham, he was in a rush to leave. And then he sees, whoa, I let this kid in and I expected him to want to leave immediately. He seems to be staying. So how do I, how do I ask him to work in an in a aggressive but still decent way? He, say, he says, don't just stay around for free. Let me pay you to do the, work for me and I'll pay you. Now, the way he says it is, how much is your salary? That doesn't offer him an amount. He's not, he's not, no, what, what he's saying is, what he's saying is, you're not working right now. You're just sticking around the house. How much is your salary? Now, if you come to me and you say, is you say, you're, you're not keeping yourself busy right now. How much do you want to get paid? It's, it's a kind of passive aggressive way of saying, start working. Right? So, so that's the, the chidush. It's that Lavan isn't saying you're doing such good work. Let me now pay you for it. It's Lavan was saying, you're not doing any work at all. Tell me what your salary is. Get to work. Start. Start, yeah. So, so that could be an angle to understand what's going on. And then Yaakov asks, Lavan had two daughters. The older one is Leah. The younger one was Rachel. 
And Rachel was beautiful, beautiful of form, form and beautiful of, to the sight, or I don't know exactly. She was beautiful every... Yeah. Now, um, I want to stick or uh, look into a couple of the Pirushim. There's one that's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> but uh, look, at, look at Rashi, the word that's the classic ones. First, chap on verse Yud Zayn, Rashi. says, Rakot shayta sefura. Rakot means tender. Tender from what? Tender from crying. Yes. Okay? Because she was scared that she has to get she married. Married, married with Esau. Esau. Because she was scared that she was going to have to marry Esau. Because so. if you know, Leah is the older sister. Yes. So she matches up with the older brother. Yes. And then Yaakov's the younger brother matches up with the younger sister. Because yes. she was upset that everyone was saying, Ah, oh, perfect. You know, and people that are on the outside do chastigari for everybody else. Already. So they say, oh, perfect. They have two boys, they have two girls. Let them both marry each other. Right? So, that the older one married the older one and the younger one. And then she was upset because she was sadiket and she didn't want to marry herself. So she's always crying. Oh, I don't want to marry Rasha. I don't want to marry Rasha. If I were her, I would also say, I wouldn't want to be one of six wives. Because Esav already had uh, a few a few wives, both Canaanite wives and, and wives from uh, Yishmael and so on. Okay. Uh, but. <laughs> There's always a but. <laughs> no, I want to show you in Ibn Ezra. This is an Ibn Ezra. So, so there, there isn't much to learn from what I'm about to teach you. It's just a, it's to leave off the class on a humorous note. So, so a lot of these commentaries, they have a funny way of talking. Especially when they're trying to criticize another commentary. Okay. Oh, they do it in a. In they do it in a pretty funny way. So, there is a commentary which I don't know uh, must have been popular in the times in the medieval times, called Ben Ephraim. It's a commentary called Ben Ephraim. It's spelled Bet Nun Ben, and then Ephraim is spelled Aleph Pe Resh Yud Mem. Okay, Aleph Pe Resh Yud Mem. Okay, that's that's the name of Ben Ephraim. Okay. Now the Ibn Ezra says. He must, he, he's trying to interpret what this word rakot means, tender, yeah. or, or how he would yeah. translate it. And then, so he first, he, he, he describes it as something like just a, in, her eyes looked in a specific way, right? And they were different from Rachel's eyes, okay? He doesn't say there's much to, he doesn't think that there is a, like a, a deep, crying or a a crying deep or a, story behind this yeah. whole situation. And then he says, And then some people say, why were her eyes like this? Kibabur shechashvu, and he said, and they think to ask such a dumb question because shechashvu shemachshevot Hashem kimachshevotehem, because they think that God thinks like them. and everybody should look the same. Meaning, he in the first statement in the first half of his commentary, the Ibn Ezra says he's making fun of people who ask the question. Why do her eyes, why are her eyes different from Rachel's? He says, these people, they expect God to think simply like them. They expect God to be a simpleton like them. And they expect God to make everything the same. What kind of question is that? Her eyes were different. And so, so his first thing is, is a quasi-complaint about people who are trying to look into why her eyes, her eyes were different because that's how God makes people. He makes people look different. Not two eyes are the same. Right, no two eyes are the same. Right, that's essentially Ibn Ezra's thing. Oh, why her eyes are different? Because no two eyes are the same. Yeah, go figure. You're, you're surprised that God makes people different? So that's his first thing. But then he says something else. Uven Ephraim, this Ben Ephraim character, Amar Shu Chaser Aleph. 
that the pasuk is actually missing an aleph. Ve'ene le'arakot, it should actually be ve'ene le'arukot. That the pasuk is missing an aleph, that there's a tradition that there's an aleph that's missing. This is a Ben Ephraim talking. And that it's really supposed to say that her eyes were long. Arukot means long, okay? And then, v'ta'amo arukot. And it's supposed to mean that her eyes were long, v'ta'amo arukot. Now, Ibn Ezra doesn't like this. And so, well, well, where do you have proof that there's a missing aleph in the Torah? Okay, so why are you just assuming that her eyes were long? So then he says, v'hu'aya chaser aleph. And he's talking about the... The, uh, the, the, the yeah. prime aleph. He says, and then he says, uh, this Ben Ephraim guy is missing an aleph. So what does it mean? If you take out the aleph... In Ben Ephraim, what does it come out to? <laughs> ben Parim, the son of a cow. <laughs> so wow. he's saying. <laughs> so he's saying this guy is a, he's the son of a cow. You know, that was a big slap, right? So he's like, you wanna you wanna just just bring out of nowhere that there's a missing aleph in the Torah? Look at yours. You're, you're missing an aleph. You're a son of a cow. Just a very funny uh, perush found in the Ibn Ezra. Okay, uh, we continue with Zerashim tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen